Hello, and welcome to the Common Sense Wellness Podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here with Emma Cranston, our other co-host. Today, we're going to be talking about sleep. Uh, we'll make it as exciting as possible, but it's a <laughs> important topic that um, we need to touch on, especially in the midst of uh, the world being on fire and the various collective traumas that we are all navigating. It's actually probably more relevant than um, one might guess. Uh, but first, here is a little bit more about our group. The Common Sense Wellness Group is a group of providers, social workers, mental health counselors, and nurse practitioners uh, serving clients within New York State. Uh, we work primarily through telehealth and have since uh, 2018, uh, but we also do provide uh, in-person services in the capital region of New York. Uh, if you have uh, further uh, questions or you want to uh, explore our services further, uh, you can find us at www.commonsensemh.com or you can reach out to us at intake at commonsensemh.com. All right. So we'll jump in. Emma, how are you? I'm pretty, pretty good, I think. How about yourself? Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah. Um, busy, you know, the state of the world as it is, but it's going okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I mean, it feels a little like, I'll say, I guess awkward, but it feels a little funny talking about this in the state of everything because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I know we do focus a lot on like current things that are happening and how it's impacting, yeah. you know, our clients and, and ourselves. But um, no, I think this is so relevant though. And I know we've been meaning yeah. to get to it and we just need to dive into it and hopefully it's helpful for folks, you know, listening. Um, mm -hmm. If there's one takeaway though that I can put out there in this um, above anything else is that there is um, information, or I think that there's there's an understanding out there, there may even be research around this, although if there is, I haven't looked into it, but I think that there is this notion out there that generally one should not take a nap, that they should not, mm -hmm. you know, napping is, is bad because it throws off your cycle and da da da. Some of that may be, and honestly, that's actually outside of my purview and expertise. I will say that as a therapist and from a, from a mental health standpoint, um, if you have found them to be helpful, you should like, we should be napping more. There should be mm -hmm. more sleep that's happening. There should be more napping that's happening, more sleeping during the day. Like that's, you know, and obviously that's not, you know, if someone's navigating depression and oversleeping, that's different. Yeah. But usually there's, and we can talk about that too, there's indicators of that and, and that's not working for the person. If, you know, napping is helpful to somebody, they should follow their gut on that and they, they should try to do more of that if they're able to. Um, you know, it's funny. When I was first, as a young, young therapist, at first I was very like, oh, you know, we, we really shouldn't nap. Cause that was kind mm. of like what I had learned. Like mm -hmm. napping is so hot. Yes. And you know, sometimes we joke about the hypocrisy of being a therapist and talking about like, here's, you know, here's a great coping skill that I don't apply. And I generally skip these points. Okay, whatever. Anyways, you should do this. Mm. Um, and I started really identifying like, wow, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm telling people, Hey, you shouldn't nap so much, but I am a, a lover of a good nap. Mm. Um, and I've started to kind of adjust my approach to nap with caution. Like yeah. if I know if it's five o'clock at night and I'm feeling sleepy, mm. I kind of know I probably shouldn't nap mm. because that will impact my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. If it is, you know, sometimes this random break, I'll get it like two o'clock before I have my last few sessions. I love a good nap then mm. for whatever reason, a two o'clock nap hits just right for me Nice, and it's great. Nice. So it's kind of like nap with caution, learn your boundaries. I, I think ideally 
I, I remember reading this, I don't, I don't know, in grad school, I did something on sleep for some reason. I, why am I so into sleep? It's very weird. But I did a thing on sleep nice. and it was like your ideal nap is like 20 minutes long, which I, mm. you know, personally, I found kind of offensive, but yeah, <laughs> each their own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, but I like what you just said, though. I mean, it, it, and it is so individual-based, right? It really, mm-hmm. like, and again, yeah, follow follow what works for you. And like you're saying for you, Emma, you're like, you know, I know that if I do it early enough in the day, it's helpful, right? Then it doesn't mess up your sleep cycle. And I, yeah, I would imagine that someone trying to fix their sleep cycle, maybe mm-hmm. napping wouldn't be the first thing that they would or, or should do in trying to, you know, because, yeah, because, like, I think about, for example, that comes up a lot with traveling. I know that's a common thing that when you yeah. get somewhere and if you can stay awake throughout the day if there's a you know if there's a, a, a significant time change or mm-hmm. or um i can't want to say layover that's not the word um what am i blanking on oh my god oh my god uh i don't know it's like this a common um term <laughs> people are listening to this and they're saying it out loud and going it's nice. nice. <laughs> yeah um oh my gosh Jet lag. There we jet lag. Oh um, yeah. With a significant jet lag, they say not to nap and um yeah, and they say to to stay awake until you know, so yeah, so I mean like whatever whatever works. But yeah, I I have and I personally have run into this too. I have clients that like I know like could benefit from that and they, they you know, they talk about yeah, like I, I you know, work from home or whatever and I and I could have taken a nap at this time. And there's a sense of like, well, you're not being productive or you're you know, wasting the day or and it's oh. like and it's just a lot of, I think, you know, negative notions that come with it for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And really just wanting to challenge that because it's like, you know, like you said, like, again, if you can figure out a way in which it's like, you know, it works for you and you feel, you know, rejuvenated afterwards or, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that it's, you know, it hits right biologically and psychologically, then, yeah, that that should be happening then. And that's that's yeah, perfectly acceptable. No need to adopt any type of stigmatization almost of naps. Mm. Like, it's a tool. Take a nap. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It does not mean lazy. And personally, I find the times when I take a nap, because I'm not somebody who naps daily or anything like that. Mm. Um, but sometimes I really do need a nap. Mm. And I can find when those times are, listen to my body. Generally, I have the ability to at least grab a half an hour or something like that. Sure. Um, and my productivity is so much better after I just take the stinking nap. Mm. So that 30 minutes, 60 minutes, I get much more done. Yeah. And you know, I do kind of find myself often, both personally and professionally, rebelling against the idea of like reframing to productivity. So mm. even in what I just did there, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's, a, it's not that it's not productive because I'm actually more productive after I do it. It's mm. kind of like, who cares if I'm more productive? What if I'm not yes. productive after? Yes. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, but that's a great point though you're making, Emma, because I think that that's right. It's like on the one hand, actually, it's like one of those things where this can actually fit very well slash promote capitalism, mm-hmm. right? It's something mm-hmm. like if you take a nap, you're more productive. You make, you know, so then it's like if anything, actually, napping can go hand in hand with our systems and with you know the expectations of those systems, regardless of your views on them. However. But that point, I think, is is so, like, but it's, like, but is that, should that even be what we're, like, basing it on, right? It's, like, even if yeah. you were less productive or even if, like, you know, if it's helping in some other way or it's good for you or you need to do it, mm-hmm. you know, how, like, how are we prioritizing that? Yeah. Yeah, why is our worth 
of a behavior or a decision based largely in how productive it is. Like, mm -hmm. did you need sleep? Right. Then it was probably good. You right. needed a rest? Okay. Then it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a whole soapbox I can get on for days on end. It doesn't mm -hmm. all have to be productive. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I like that a lot, Emma. I, I, I very much appreciate that. And it's something where I think in general with sleeping, people are, you know, and again, for a whole host of reasons and, and context, um, but I think people are really struggling to get the amount of sleep that they need. Um, mm -hmm. And again, just want to know, as we, you know, often do that, a lot of this, you know, this, you know, can very much lead into a conversation with your primary care physician or totally. with a doctor, because I know I, it goes outside my purview. I can say from a mental health standpoint, though, and, and I can safely say that, yeah, it's like when someone's not getting adequate sleep, it is impacting their mood, their anxiety, yeah. issues they're navigating are very likely amplified by it. Um, yeah. It is hard, though, because I know that there, you know, people have issues with sleep just within their own context. And then there's, you know, we think about COVID, we think about the current state of the world and just the impact that that's having too, when it comes yep. to sleep. Um, yeah. There's so much to be said. I think a discussion of technology use prior to sleep is warranted, but even before um, all of that, is my space comfortable? Yeah. Like, yes. Do I find my bed comfortable? Yes. Is my pillow good? Do I feel cozy in, in my blankets or sheets or whatever? Mm -hmm is the room that I'm sleeping in, is it comfortable to me? Mm. Or do I find it like cluttered and chaotic? Mm. Do I find it cold and stale? Like, am I uncomfortable? Really like our comfort in the space can be very much where it starts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and this can be impacted by so many things. Um, listeners might even already know that I live right near a road because occasionally you'll hear a loud old car going by or something. My clients sure know that I live near a road. Mm. Um, I'm renting, so it's an apartment right now, which I feel like makes me accept a lot. Mm. Um, but if I, granted it's a residential road, I'm not dealing with the worst traffic ever. Mm. Sure. But if I have a home near train tracks and there's like a midnight train rolling through while I'm dead asleep and they have their horn blasting, it's going to impact my sleep. Yeah. I do live near a nursing home, so it is not uncommon at all for sirens to be going by. Mm. That can be disruptive at night. Yeah. Um, we've been having a lot of snow recently, and plows are loud. <laughs> like, yeah. All of, like, do you ever get sleep? I, I do. Luckily, I have, I, I'm one of those disgusting people where, like, I lay down, close my eyes, and I'm like, dead. <gasps> Me I too. I fall asleep. High so five. Fast. You have to have a, a yes. virtual high five. Yes. Oh, and people hate me for it. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I it, I don't even know for the longest time. It takes my husband a while to fall asleep. Yes, yes. Clueless. I have no idea. Uh-huh. Because like, I am dead asleep by the time he's even close. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. That's so funny. I sleep That's funny. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But really, like, is our space comfortable? Is it mm. dark enough? Are we warm enough or cool enough? Like, all of these things that, I don't know, I used to at least not really think of. Like, oh, my room's my room. Yeah. That's where I go to sleep. Yes. Yep. But really, like, how does it feel? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The physical environment is so important. And I think you're right that we don't, you know, and part of it's like, again, when the world's on fire, I, I know I've said that like eight times in this episode, um, so oh, I apologize fire. for that. Um, but like when, when like so much is happening and especially mm -hmm. in our personal lives, I think that can just, that's, that easily falls to the wayside. It's like, yep. who has time for that? Who has time to worry about, okay, I got a bed or whatever. And it's just, you know, 
-hmm. it is what it is. But yeah, I think you're right that that comfort really has to be at a certain point. Um, mm -hmm. And that there's certain elements of that for certain people. As you were saying that too, it made me think about, you know, again, another thing that comes up a lot in therapy, sleeping with a TV on or sleeping with mm -hmm. like a sitcom on, right? You know, and again, different ways of looking at this and depending on the client's needs in that moment, that actually, I feel as though that that then influences what they should be doing with that. Because on the one hand, is it, you know, do you get more quality of, you know, sleep when you don't have the light from the TV, you don't have the sound from the TV when, you know, and that there's, you know, physical pieces to that, that yes, probably your sleep may be, you know, more sound in some way, or maybe, you know, may benefit from not having a TV blaring at the same time. It's a comfort thing. It's a way of coping. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. psychologically, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah. And it's like, but if it's helping you get to sleep at all, that's better than no sleep. Or that's better than the disruptions in sleep from not having that that someone might have. So it really exactly. depends on the person. But exactly, it's like, yeah, like because I think that's a common thing. It's like, well, my room's supposed to be totally dark. and supposed to be, well, yes, I mean, we want to look at it from a circadian rhythm standpoint. Yep your body does, you know, function better with that. And, but that's just one aspect of it for your body and for your mind. And, you know, it could be that having a light on, it could be that, you know, having a TV on, if it's helping you like settle and relax and pass mm -hmm. out, that maybe what needs to happen right now. Um, exactly. I'd rather know. get a eight out of 10 on yes. quality of sleep rather than a two out of 10. That's a great way right, of putting like, it. If yes. I can do anything that will improve it slightly, because I think, this is one of those areas where there is the gold standard. Mm. Like the gold standard is I have the, these, uh, like, you know, my perfect mattress, my perfect pillow, my perfect <laughs> sheets. Like, yeah, okay, I can afford all that. No problem. Uh -huh. So I have this perfect sleep environment. I can totally control my living situation to never be near a mm. road or never have disruption. Like, mm -hmm. sure, okay, well, we'll just highlight privilege there as well. Uh -huh. So there's the gold standard of this totally comfortable room. and totally like that gold standard would encourage same wake up time each day mm. you know like regardless of whether or not you work that day or not like the concept of let me sleep in to catch up on sleep my understanding again outside of my purview but my understanding is like that's not a thing mm. you'd benefit yeah. most from keeping a routine wake up time mm. cool great I'm a shift worker right or I'm a restaurant worker yes. like right great so that's the gold standard. Mm -hmm. What pieces can I take from the gold standard to get the best possible sleep that I can? Yeah. Yep. You know, like maybe if I'm an overnight worker, mm. yeah. sure, I should be out in the sun, but this is my time to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I have to sleep. Like mm -hmm. it's just when we highlight the gold standard as best we can to adhere to it or get mm. closer to it is good enough. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yep. I don't know no. if that made sense. <laughs> no, totally. It's like in, in the gold standard, quote unquote, it's only as relevant as it is for that, you know, based on that person's needs, right? So mm -hmm. it's like if those person's needs don't align at all with the gold standard, it's, I mean, it's, based, it's pretty much useless. It's like, okay, then that's not, because like you're saying, it's like that right. element is impossible, right? Consistent mm -hmm. sleep for this person because their hours constantly shift is impossible. So then what's, mm -hmm. what is the next best thing we can do to try to, you know, provide some consistency, but also understanding that they're not going to get the same amount of sleep each night um mm -hmm. and that yeah they can't just walk away from their job or or not right. go to work um you know so yeah i think being very like i guess sort of very creative with it right that it's something that actually there can be a lot of creativity around and really looking at what has worked historically for somebody mm -hmm. and what currently works um yeah i have clients that you know i know they sleep better during the day right it's like and again yeah it's one of those things where and even if they don't have a work schedule or don't have like a, a barrier in that way 
but like there's reasons why they just they feel more comfortable or comfortable enough to pass out when it's daytime versus when it's nighttime and we can identify 18 reasons for that but that's that's the way it goes and that's what's working and if that's getting Mm -hmm. them sleep right now then so be it and you know yeah absolutely yes when i'm navigating sleep hygiene in general with a client my focus is generally on device use and Mm. like that winding down kind of concept Mm -hmm. you know like how can we kind of create some more zen leading into our bedtime yeah um yeah whether that's reducing light um Mm. reducing device usage i know we all hate it but Mm. Trying not to be on the devices right before bed. Um, in general, I try to encourage people, let's just try for a half an hour. Yeah. Just half an hour of wind down time, device free wind down time. Nice. And when I say device free, I am screen free pretty much. Mm. If you would like to have a nice, calming, guided meditation walking you through the end of your mm. night, go for it. Like if you have to access that on your phone, like, yeah, go for it. Mm. But like, let me not just be scrolling or watching something right um not to say that i never do this and never i say because acknowledge it recently i know i've been i've been um passing out and it's been very comforting for me i'll have um like the office on i'm not sure mm-hmm. um but i, I well, i'm not sure and for you i don't know um like streaming services or what you use uh we have peacock so we get the extended um, versions of The Office on on that. Yeah, uh, they have up through season four. They're re- releasing a season like every so many months. Um, the episodes are like almost twice as long and I'm exaggerating a little bit. There's a lot of content that they cut out of those episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's a total side note. But so A um, very important moment to acknowledge. Yes, yes. So I've been watching those and um, playing Candy Crush on my phone and generally mm-hmm. I will start to pass out and then my partner will wake me up and have me go upstairs and it's so relaxing like it's like mm-hmm. at the end of a long like that's working for me um but it's it's a lot of screen exposure right yeah. which isn't isn't the greatest thing and i'm sure yeah. that's you know I, my quality of sleep would probably benefit if you know i was like you said like doing something else mm-hmm. that was either audio based or if i was reading or whatever um but yeah so that's it's hard it's hard to i definitely you know. have periods of time where my wind down is watching some of the most random things on YouTube. I don't know why, like mm. something that's like interesting enough. I like my, my quarantine hobby was plants. So I'll like throw something on about uh, plants and then start getting really cozy and Zen. And then I'm suddenly yes. passed out on the couch. And You're like gone. And sends me to bed. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's great. But I mean, it kind of goes back to, all right, fine. On those nights, maybe I'm getting that eight out of 10 sleep, mm. but I'm getting eight out of 10 sleep. Maybe my quality wasn't totally there, Mm. Um, but it was still pretty good. Mm. Um, Really just trying to do some, whether it's like stretching, Mm. a little progressive muscle relaxation, my plug all the time. Mm. Um, I mentioned a little bit of like guided meditation or something. I try to say like, hey, let's go for half an hour, even 15 minutes. Mm better than nothing yeah Um, just something to help us wind down Mm. um i've really been enjoying like mindfully engaging with my pet so like Mm. i will just sit around petting my cat and notice how cute she is like that's a great mindfulness exercise yes 
I'm like having the time of my life over here. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. And that's something, and I think a lot of people would be able to relate and do that. Like that's, that's, a, that's a very accessible and easy one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also justify it in my mind. Cause I had seen some, I've seen some research. I cannot cite it, but just like you get a few more feel good chemicals from interacting with your pet. And I'm like, cool. So uh, I'm getting some feel-good chemicals and yes, wine. It was yeah. true. It's a it's a natural anti <laughs> uh, antidepressant. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So that one's been a big one for me personally. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess for for those listening, you know, are there additional techniques or tools that come to mind or that you would suggest? Um, you know, again, kind of in general. Again, we we kind of already like you know, looked at, it's very individual based, there needs to be flexibility, yeah. it can be creative, uh, kind of like the harm reduction, like you were saying earlier, eight out of 10 is better than two out of 10. But like, go back to the gold standard for a moment, like, what are some tools that come to mind or that you would suggest? So one of the big ones that has always stood out to me is reserving your bed for sleep and sex. Mm. I think, especially if I think back to college, mm-hmm. where like, if you go with like the standard dorm idea, right? Your bed is your your zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. You know, you have your shared room. You maybe have your bed in your desk, but let's be real; those desk chairs were never comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. often we end up sitting on on our bed. Yeah. So our bed becomes our hangout spot. It becomes our study spot. It becomes our sleep spot. It becomes our sex spot. It becomes our eating spot. Yeah. Like that is where we're doing all of the things. Yep. Um, and I think even just not even only in, in college, I think when I was a kid, my room was where I would go to hang out with my friends and we would sit on the bed. Um, so, you know, like our bed becomes very multifunctional. Mm. Um, reserving it for sleeping and sex, but we're focusing it on sleeping here. Yeah. Can be so impactful because it, your brain is just building associations as it goes. Mm. So if sometimes I'm on my bed and I'm trying to keep myself awake because I'm cramming for that exam. My brain is saying, oh, bed, sleep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If I overrule that and I'm kind of like, nope, bed, awake. The heck does my brain do with that? That's is this right. a sleep time or an awake time in the bed? Who knows? Mm. Yep. So that can kind of lead to some of the sleep issues that we may, may experience. Mm. Um, but again, it's also wrapped up in like, do you have another space to go? Mm, right. If not, can we create a space in our, if we only have a room, can I have a cool, comfy chair that becomes my daytime sitting spot mm. or, you know, whatever. Um, but trying to keep our bed largely reserved for sleeping. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And kind of dovetailing with that, if I am in bed, you know, okay, brain, it's sleepy time, we're going to bed, but we're really having trouble sleeping, it can be more impactful for us to get up out of bed, go elsewhere, you know, maybe go sit on the couch, low lighting, don't make it all, you know, bright and energetic, but just let me chill out here and do some calming, relaxing things, whether it is read a little, maybe it is, you know, a little bit of deep breathing or just laying down and relaxing. and once I start feeling sleepy, kind of then going back to bed and hoping that you drift off. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. That's, that sounds very in line with what I've, yeah, with what I've been taught as well. Like that's, yeah, you really mm-hmm. want it to be 
um, you know, the, the, the idea, the framework, and then even just the experience you have in that space mm-hmm. is related to sleep. Or like you said, things that are winding down or that promote sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Totally. I think there's a lot of kind of like some of the nitty gritty that some of it almost does feel kind of obvious. Like you probably don't want to do a super strenuous workout before bed. Right. And that kind of goes like, and that kind of goes with the screen time piece, right? It's like anything that's going to hype up your brain or get it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Exercise can be support. Like if you have an exercise routine earlier on in the day, that can be supportive of, of more restful sleep. Um, is my understanding. Again, this is not me speaking from like based on all of my medical knowledge, but <laughs> based on some of what I have read, sure. a little bit of exercise, just it's tiring out our body. We can then hopefully sleep a bit better at night. Mm. Um, I'm a huge fan. Like this is just a personal note. I am a huge fan of getting myself ready for bed before I'm going to bed. So like if I know, okay, I'm, I'm done eating for the day. I'm done with whatever. I know two things about myself. If I get really sleepy, I'm not going to wash my face and I wear makeup Mm. and I don't want to deal with that. Uh, So I know that I will skip washing my face before mildly inconveniencing myself. Mm. And I know that I will fall asleep and then be very cranky when my husband wakes me up and I'm cranky-er if I have to like get ready for bed after being woken up. Sure, sure. As I know, like, oh, okay, I'm done with my night. I will go and wash my face. I will go and brush my teeth. I will go and put on my pajamas. Mm. And then I can still hang out and, you know, chat with my husband or do whatever. I'm reading a book or whatever. Um, and that way it's just less disruptive when it's like, okay, time for bed. Yeah. I don't need to go turn on bright bathroom lights and throw mm. water on my face. Like, yes. I can just yes. go be sleepy and sleep. That makes sense. You can just like follow follow it at that at that point yep. like there's nothing exactly. else you have to do there's no yeah that mm-hmm. i like that a lot actually being prepared That's and ready so helpful ready for when it hits kind of a thing yep. yeah i like mm-hmm. that nice i've gotten much less cranky with that nice that's awesome <laughs> that makes a lot of sense what are your go-tos when you're thinking of like giving some feedback around just supportive sleep in general yeah yeah i think because i know for me for me it's wax and waned you know it's 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 something where there's times where following more of the gold standard has been doable and has been more helpful and times where the gold standard where the gold standard essentially has not been helpful to me where mm-hmm. like I, yeah I do need the TV on where I do need you know and there's different points in my life where that's varied based on stress and things that are happening and so I think for me again going back to what we talked about earlier about kind of tackling some of the stigmas and like looking at what works for the person and being flexible that's been really big for me Um, but yeah, I mean, letting my brain wind down, what you mentioned about being ready for bed, that's something I try to do. I'm not always successful with it, but I do like being ready because it's a joke that like, if I fall asleep, like if I fall asleep, like downstairs on our couch, um, I have no problem falling asleep just as I am. Right. It's like, cause that's, that feels kind of nap oriented, even though, even if it's not nap time and it's, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, um, you know, falling asleep down there without brushing my teeth and getting changed and cleaning up and like, that's do that's that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Before getting in the bed, I'm supposed to do these things. So I do try to do them yeah. earlier in the evening, like you said you do. Um, and then it's just done. Um, and that feels really good. And that, I've noticed a difference even in my mood around that. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, I can just chill out and I can 
be up for another three hours or I might not be, but I can, you know, I'll be ready whenever it's time to go and I don't have to do yeah. anything else or, you know, and that, that feels nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would say this is t- kind of random, but something that's been big for me is having like water accessible. Like I was having, just thinking that. Having like a bottle of water, like on a nightstand or, you know, something where, and then even like the next morning, if I'm having trouble really kind of getting myself going, being able to drink water right away, that's a, even like coffee and other things aside, that's actually a, a, a it can be for, for mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, it can be a, a very effective way of waking oneself, oneself up and getting oneself kind of juvenated and, mm-hmm. and going. Um, so that's one thing that I've done and that's helped me some mornings as well. Um, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I, I've, I used to be one of those folks who would just kind of not drink water um, ever. Yes. You just could function like that, apparently. Yes. Um, and I've been really working to actually hydrate because apparently coffee is not the same thing. Um, <laughs> no. Who knew? Who knew? So, right. well, there was water in it, but it still dehydrates you. Yes. That's literally how I justified it all the time, knowing full well that yes. I was lying. <laughs> yes. I knew yes. it was wrong, but I was just like, no, it's okay. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, good old grad school days so now I, I drink water much more and the amount of times granted winter in new york it's just dry no matter what mm. um so there are multiple times where i'm waking up like oh my god i need water or i'm going to die like yeah. i feel like a parched little iguana or something oh yeah <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. No, I'm with you on that. It's something that I know, and right recently I've been a lot better about it, but, and there's been points where I've been really on top of it and I drink a ton of water and then other times where it, it's easy for it to fall to the wayside. Um, but I do, I feel so much, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on this, but it's, it's, it's very similar to sleep in that way. It's like, it's taken for granted, but it has yep. so much of an impact on how you function and, mm-hmm. and how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the perspective on as somebody who has generally had a good amount of ease with sleep, mm-hmm. um, I think to a close friend of mine who really struggles with insomnia and like my kind of difficulty, even being able to understand like how hard it is to lay in bed mm-hmm. and not be able to sleep. Yes. And during the pandemic, I had noticed my like only experience with sleep disturbance was really like, I was, because it was just early quarantine time and mm. what is time and what is life and all of these things where it's like, oh, my, my sleep routine is totally thrown off. I'm staying up super duper late and then I'm sleeping in late. Then yes. I'm going to bed early and then I'm napping for three hours because I have nothing else to do. Mm. And it was like just so sporadic and wild. Um, granted, my sleep disturbances weren't the worst. I want to be very clear that this is not me saying like, mm. oh my God, I had the worst case ever. Yeah. But just, it honestly felt weird for me to lay down in bed and be awake for at least 10 minutes. Yeah. That to me was like, what in the Yes, world? same, yes. Like, how do people live like this? <laughs> yes, yes. And it was only 10 minutes compared to, like my friend has talked about hours and hours of inability to sleep. Yes. Um, so I think, I guess my takeaway in that is our sleep difficulties are quite personal. Mm. And I think it's easy to say like, oh man, I really struggle with sleep. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. No, you probably don't. No, absolutely. Yep. Your struggle with sleep is probably very different. If the main priority, and I know we're, we're at time too mm-hmm. already, but real quick, if you know, if the issue for some, which I think for you and I, this would be more so the case, right? 
there's a difference between the main issue being prioritizing sleep and actually having trouble sleeping or, or the ability to sleep. And I, I really appreciate you differentiating that because I have clients that, and people I know, who, yeah, I mean, hours, I mean, they'll go the whole night and they cannot mm-hmm. sleep. And then eventually they, they eventually do, but it's still not, you know, it's still piecemealed and still broken up. And it's like, mm-hmm. and I personally, I'm with you on that. Like, I'm very, 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 very fortunate that I've never had to experience that either. I'm really good at sleeping. I fall asleep quickly. I'm a heavy sleeper. I sleep yeah. eight to 10 hours a night. Like, but when I don't, when I'm sleep deprived, it's because of how I'm prioritizing it. It's because of my schedule. It's because of, right. and that's a problem. That's legitimate, but it's a, it's totally different than somebody who actually can't sleep. And yeah. there's probably more things in my control with that than somebody who actually like just can't. And mm-hmm. whether it's depression or trauma or whatever it is for them, they have a whole other set of things or whole, whole other set of barriers rather than I mm-hmm. do in that. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. Absolutely. And those are probably more of the cases where kind of circling back right to where we started off the episode with your acknowledgement of like, hey, this is something that sometimes is discussed with a medical professional. Yes. Sleep hygiene in and of itself can be super impactful and important. Yes. It is not the only answer. That's so right. So I guess for any listeners where you maybe ascribe a bit more to those more like significant impacted sleep issues, yeah, implement some of these these things, give it a shot. But you may benefit from talking with a provider as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's a good that's a good place to end. Yeah. Right? Solid yeah. wrap up for once. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anything else we want to add before we do end? I do have a black owned business that I wanted to take a moment to highlight. You might hear a little clicking because the um, the owner of this business has given me a little um, snippet to read. Okay. Um, so lovely woman owns Margot Bijou. Um, So I'm going to read what Margot has to say. Margot Mays is a maker, teaching artist, and designer of things. She's been making wearable art since childhood and now primarily works with upcycled leather and textiles to create jewelry for her brand, Margot Bijou. After opening her Etsy shop, Margot became a certified social-emotional arts facilitator and currently teaches jewelry making skills to teens and adults hosts workshops and creates small batch craft kits with the intention of fostering self-confidence and self-expression through creativity. To learn more about Margot, visit www.margomaze.com or follow her on Instagram at Margot Bijou. Um, so just a little bit of spelling really quickly if you're going to look her up. Margot is M-A-R-G-A-U-X-M-A-Y-S for margomaze.com and margo bijou on instagram is m-a-r-g-a-u-x b-i-j-o-u-x um so nice. highly recommend checking her out this she has a i first off i found her on etsy so that's mm. kind of my primary experience with her um but she does have really cool kits that may be more like child appropriate as well oh. so little like there was a very cool looking um dream catcher kit as well as her finished curated jewelry pieces so nice. highly recommended awesome uh, beautiful style oh thank you Mama. thank you for sharing that's that's great My pleasure so we'll pick it up uh next time in our next podcast uh Absolutely. As, as always thank you for listening and uh yeah we'll follow up sounds good thanks Tim. thanks